Shout out to our awesome sponsors, El Couture, the female-founded, female-run athleisure brand that we are obsessed with. Obsessed. Obsessed. <laughs> I got today, actually, the Untamed collection. I am one of those girls that only wears black gym wear and generally just black all in my wardrobe. And I got the lace bra and the matching leggings and they are so comfortable. And I would say that for the bra, I have really big boobs and I just thought, you know, I really struggle with sports bras that my tits constantly like flop out of them. I don't feel secure. And honestly, I just think that this bra is perfect because it's high neck and it is super supportive. So really, really recommend it. Love it. And I am delighted to report that we are offering a 20% discount that I will be availing of this evening, Fiona, because I love their collection. So if you use the code LOVEBITES20, it's applicable on full price items only. This can be used online and in store. So there's two stores in Dubai, one on Alwassel Road and one at the beach. They also ship globally. If you're buying from outside of Dubai, then you get free express global shipping with all taxes being covered by El Couture. Which is brilliant news. Thank you so much, El Couture. The following podcast contains strong language and explicit content. And if that offends you, then I suggest you switch this off. This is a Podcast Now production. Laura, why don't you have sex before you go out? Because I'm on this fucking podcast to you, Fiona. Love Bites, a podcast about all the things you were told you couldn't talk about. Like the fact that I'm at the part in my cycle, menstrual cycle that is, where I literally cannot stop eating. Me too! Oh my god! Literally me too. I had three bowls of cereal this morning. Yeah, I'm eating chocolate chip cookies. As Like we- actually ravenous. And like I hunger. can't and I can't satisfy my hunger. But I equally know that I don't want to eat shit because it's just going to make me feel bad. But I can't think. stop thinking about food. I was literally just saying that yesterday. Like, I, I there is no way to satiate me. I no. am literally three bowls of Cheerios consecutively. Three bowls of cornflakes. <laughs> uh, Cheerios. No, but you know that Nikki Graham clip that you did? Three bowls of cornflakes. mountains of cornflakes. Oh, oh, so good for you. Well, why don't you go and eat them, you fat ox? <laughs> Such a good one. <laughs> oh my God, what a legend. I know, RIP. Um, we love hearing from you. Drop us a DM on Instagram, which is lovebitespodcast underscore, or you can drop us an email, which is info at lovebitespodcast.com. Another thing, Fiona, that people don't Mm. talk about and they really shoot, specifically women, I've never really met a woman who adores her vagina, who's like banging vag. Oh, I love mine. Do you? Mm. That's awesome. I've got a nice one. I feel like, especially as women get older, they have children. Mm. Um, Gravity actually also impacts the vagina. And I had some girlfriends over recently and uh, one of them was talking about having a labiaplasty. Mm. And actually we have received, especially in the beginning when we touched upon um, dilapidated vaginas. Remember we had that email from a friend who was fucking hilarious and she said a guy referred to his wife's vagina as a punch lasagna. Yeah. And how offended she was, but actually, um, yeah. But you know, um, did you, so 
we'll come we'll, we will talk about this book in more detail because both Laura and I are going to read it properly but um I started reading Come As You Are mm-hmm. last night and the first thing she talks about is vulvas and vaginas and talking about how like you know different women feel you know more masculine if their clitoris is bigger but actually it makes absolutely no difference and uh, me saying that I like my vagina because I think I've got a nice vagina. It's fucking bullshit because everyone's vagina is a nice vagina. I'm just comparing mine to a porn star's vagina that's had labiaplasty. Exactly. And, mine and they're looks not like, real. They're not real. And mine is like, oh, my flaps aren't hanging out. So therefore I must have a quote unquote nice vagina. But actually everyone's vagina is a fucking nice vagina. And do you know what? The thing is, right? We're talking about our vaginas and comparing them to porn stars that aren't real vaginas for the most part. Men's penises, in my opinion, are not the most attractive things in the world. No. And I don't know, potentially men are paranoid and they're not just not so focal about it. But like, dicks aren't that pretty. Vaginas aren't that pretty. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. With you. And you know, on TikTok and social media, there's this like craze, like if you're in any or an Audi referring to vaginas. And it's kind of like a competition who has what? And I'm like, what the fuck are we doing with our lives <laughs> that we're on social media and we're actually in competition about whether you've got an any or an Audi? And I'm not talking about belly buttons. I'm talking about vaginas. vaginas. Um, oh, we can't also like, uh, so... When I, when I say vagina, just quickly touching on this point, I mean the area that is your vagina. But apparently, so I said something on a podcast. I was a guest on a podcast for our very good friends, Unhinged and Bumble Up. And he recently just got trolled today by this fucking, I was almost going to say cunt, but I'm not going to say it. She was a twat. And <laughs> but I just did. Just did, whatever. She was, she's a horrible piece of work who trashed him all over her social media for saying something. And I'm just like, who fucking has time for that? People who troll are just bad news because they take their time out to make other people, to showcase other people, like basically, what's the word? They're just showing dicks, them up. Yeah. showing them up. And also that's just not a good way. Be a nice human. There's enough shit going on in the world, basically. Mm-hmm. But I said something about what, which is something we've said before, which is if you wax your vagina, vagina, whatever, too much, it can get a bit looser. And then this girl basically was like, she shouldn't be saying it's a vagina. She means the vulva. And I was like, oh, fuck off. You know what? Getting caught up in the semantics like that is fucking ridiculous. You're clearly there trying to destigmatize and de-shame. And there's somebody there shaming you for not using the exact scientific or anatomical term. The reality is we're trying our very best to educate ourselves. And sometimes, yes, we get it wrong. I don't think I've ever really used the word vulva. It's not something we were ever brought up using and therefore it's not something that we organically and seamlessly incorporate into no. our lexicon Completely. so vulva or vagina vag or kipperminge fucking, fucking come cares? one and come all she was like oh i'm a vulva owner i'm like yeah i fucking am as well and if i'm okay with calling my entire vagina a vagina can you imagine sitting there with a guy and be like "Ooh, lick my vulva <laughs> Lick my vulva. Tell lick me this my, when you lick when my you, labia. You when, don't when fucking you, say that. When you were younger, what did your mom call your your vagina or vulva? <laughs> a tutu. A tutu. Okay, I've never heard tutu. Mine was called a wee woman. 
So <laughs> is, is a wee woman or a wee man? So I'd always go down to mum and say, oh, my wee woman's sore. And she, my mum would have to put creme on it or whatever. But oh, it's wee always Kathy. in Yeah, wee Kathy with her big old tub of pseudocreme that came out for broken arms. Huh. Itchy wee woman's. Um, pseudocreme it, and E45 were like... <laughs> it's an Irish version of E45. It's like no, the no, elixir got, of um, life. You put it on your spots as well. Yeah, there's some things that I really wish that I was heir to. Like, I wish that I was heir to, like, a Prosecco fortune or an ice cream fortune or a gin fortune. Often I think I would love to be heiress to the Sudocreme fortune. Like, what a great thing oh to start God. behind. Um, How have you been, my love? Sorry, I'm stuffing my face full of chocolate chip cookie. It is yeah, a deliciously I Ella one. I really, like... I, I really get it. Oh, did you say they're deliciously Ella's? Mm. Lovely. The ones you put in there, they're in the freezer. And I just realised I've got them because I was like, you know when you're like, not to go on too much, but like, you know when you're like scouring your kitchen for something to eat that's like yummy. Mm-hmm. And I found these. Yeah, I'm really good. Um, All is well. I've got my uh third date with the photographer tomorrow. My um, neighbour yeah. was in recently and she was like, she loves the podcast. Hey, Joe, I absolutely love you. She's my saviour, by the way. She always looks after my dog while I'm doing the podcast. Otherwise, he, he's a yappy wee bastard in the background. Anyways, she was like, please show me a picture of the photographer. Oh, my God. And I showed her because obviously you'd sent me pictures of him. And even she was like, holy fuck. Initially, mm. on observing those photos, yes, he will, in fact, destroy her life. Yes, he is a big sexy bastard and also so excited for the fact that he's actually seems to be quite a decent, normal, nice guy, not hell-bent and destroying your life. Like, he's so good-looking that we joke that he's a sex god. Like, he's saved in my phone is name the sex god. I think he's kind of like a hipster sex god. Is he he that hipster in real life or is that just... Yeah, he is a bit hipster. He dresses very cool. Like, he just, he looks like a cool guy. Okay. Does but, he have um, some DMs? Some what? A Doc Martens? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Well, it's the summer. But he's definitely like... As long as he doesn't own brown school shoes that turn up at the front. <laughs> <laughs> like he wears like a... He wears like a champion jacket in a non-ironic way. But okay, looks cool. got you. Know you. I mean? Anyways, I cut you off there. I do apologise. Yeah, anyway. So you're on to your third date with message. your man. Um... Yeah, and it's going. It's going really. Do you know? Do you know? Interestingly, so I actually said it's like he's bugged my phone. Um, So when we had our first date, and this is so when what I'm about to talk about is communication, right? And also communication after the first the first couple of dates, I think, is really key because it's the time where you want to be reassured. And um, my brother-in-law is a massive uh, believer in not communicating too much right at the start because he calls it power dating where you end up basically just like going too much communication and then it fizzles out. So the first date we had and we kind of didn't, we organized that we were going to have the second date when we were going to have it. We barely really had contact during the week. And I'd said to my friend, he doesn't really message me that much. And I don't know how I feel about it. And as I said it, he messaged me and I was like, he never really asks me anything. It's just kind of like a continuation. And then he messages me being like, hey, how's your day going? And I'm like, fucking hell, you blocked my phone. And it happened again. And then I've noticed that since we've had the second date, we've had way more communication. So it's almost like he's he's like, he's amped it up a little You're bit. You've picked him, Fiona. 
which is interesting because I actually think that's a really nice, it's like gradual climb rather than like a, a sprint. Mm-hmm. He's like, we still don't message like every, let's say every day. We don't message all day, every day, but like he also doesn't reply to me for a really long time if he's working because he has, he, he works on site and whatever. I said it again, actually to Phil from Unhinged and Bumbled Up when we were talking about it. And he messaged me again being like, hey, how, how's work? And I'm like, this guy has got my phone bugged. It's oh, really weird. Um, but what I like and what I would actually, if, you know, things don't work out with him and me, I will take this into my next relationship. As I always say, you must take parts of the relationship and learn from each relationship and take parts that you liked and take part and leave parts that you didn't so like. So what, what would, what have you I learned take, or what are I've you learned, learning? What I'm learning is I am someone right at the beginning that really th- thinks I need a lot of communication because that is how I feel reassured that they like me. But actually what I've learned is I don't need that. What I need is the guy to be like, yeah, I'll see you on Friday. One or two messages here and there, he doesn't need to, me- basically I need the reassurance that they're gonna see me and then it's okay. Whereas before in the past, I've thought, I've seen that as I need loads of communication to keep me happy. Got you. So, and I think a lot of girls are the same because mm-hmm. as we've said before, I'm quite an anxious attachment style. So I need to feel secure, which I do with this guy. Uh, but we're kind of in the date three territory now. So, and uh, what are what are the plans for the next date? I just put cookie in my mouth. Sorry, that's all right. Um, so he's going to come to mine for dinner. Okay, I'm going to cook bolognese, which is my speciality, and I only cook it for very special people. And um, we're just going to chill. Very chill but, date. That's cute. And when is that happening? Tomorrow. Awesome. I'm aware that the next date needs to be doing something. And my friend Sophie, who's extremely wise, said to me, because I was like, why do people set so much store in like going to a restaurant for a date? Like, what does it matter? I'm not someone that needs that. And she was like, it's not about you going to a restaurant. It's not about you doing something traditional. It's about how you act, how you act outside your bubble. Got you how you see him interacting with other people, how you see him interacting in the outside world, you do need that to figure out what kind of person he is. And I was like, oh, it's a very good way of putting it. So bravo, Sophie. Do you know what? That makes sense. I think for you, Fee, you've always been a home bird. You always I, love I to stay home. Um, you'll quite happily stay in, drink tea and watch Downton Abbey and Love Island. Um. I would be the complete opposite. I love getting out. Yes, I enjoy staying at home, but I'm definitely more gregarious. I like to get out there. So for me, I really enjoy getting out to eat and Mm. I would thoroughly enjoy doing that on a date. Um, And what do you think about this concept fee that seems to be in the dating realm now that you don't have date or dinner on the first date you have coffee because if you don't like the person then you're essentially wasting a whole evening and a lot of money and a lot of effort and expense do you think that like a preliminary coffee date is the way forward to ascertain viability for a dinner date moving forward i mean i am actually a really big fan of the breakfast date rather than a coffee date I've never had a breakfast date. I have loved every single breakfast date I've been on. Right. And the reason is I feel like coffee is so like, it's like a meeting. It's not, it's like a business meeting. I feel like it's so unsexy. It's not, it's not fun in any way. 
you're sitting there, you're probably not going to be there for very long. I personally, like, I'm very specific. I, if you don't want to drink, um, that's totally fine. But I personally, if you're going to go for a coffee, I would either go for, I would prefer personally to go for breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's not as much pressure as a dinner date. I know you're eating whatever. Um, a lot of people have a problem with eating in front of people. But you're right, it's an awful lot more casual, isn't it? An, you it's, can... It is casual. <clears throat> but I do agree that like some having a first date that's slightly less pressured um, as like a dinner date or, you know, a huge night out or whatever. It, there is obviously. But I, my, my, my thing is with a coffee date, right? I, my problem with it is you're not going to get whether you're sexually attracted to that person. And I know that it can grow. I completely understand. But maybe that's just me. I need to know whether I'm sexually attracted to the person mm-hmm. before I waste any of my time going on a second date. And I don't think you'd get that from a cop. And also you're only going to be there like an hour. How many coffees can you fucking drink? No, you're right. You're 100% right. I think that's really good advice. And um, in regards to your date and having this bag ball, that <laughs> has kind of triggered a little thought pattern for me. So obviously I've been like a little bit up and down with like my libido and stuff. Oh. And you know what I think such a big contributor is to like, what? don't get me wrong, um, a, a, a one small contributing factor. But I mean, if we can delve into one, then why not? But Feeling bloated can really, oh really God. diminish your sex drive. And we kind of construct this like sexy date night idea. So my boyfriend and I are having a date night tonight because Yay. we are. Um, I was going to ask. We're, I'm going away tomorrow for a week just in Ireland. Right on time for it pissing down every bollocking day. But that's besides the point. I know tonight, once we go and have our dinner and drinks, we are not going to come home and have sex. I never want to have sex after a big meal. Like, I just feel, I would feel like a little orangutan up there on top with my wee belly hanging out. The best thing that you, like, I know we're going to have sex tomorrow morning before I set off because I'll be sufficiently de-bloated and I won't feel heavy and full of, you know, chicken parmigiana. So, um, this week... Remember I kind of briefly mentioned the fact that I haven't and I really don't like talking about toilet issues. I'm fine with like mackerel minge, but I'm really not okay with talking about poo. But I haven't I hadn't been to the toilet much last week, maybe once yeah. or twice, and I found myself being incredibly jealous of my dog who took three massive shits a day, and I feel like when you're jealous of your dog's shitting habits, you've got a problem. Anyways, my friend Emma lovely Emma in Perth, uh, love you Emma, she sent me a message and just said, Laura, the best thing that's happened to, m- to me and my boils um, is taking magnesium. Yeah. So take two magnesium a day and that will really help with your regularity. So I did that and in addition, I may have taken a shitting tea just to get things moving. And I cannot tell you how much better you feel when you have an evacuated asshole. It really just makes you feel so much lighter, so much more inclined to jump on top and ride like a good thing. Being bloated is not good for your sex life. Let's just put that out there. Laura, why don't you have sex before you go out? Because I'm on this fucking podcast to you, Fiona. Yeah, but we're going to be done in like half an hour. 
I put this go. bastarding podcast <laughs> before my sex life. Go quickly. It's fine. I'll just chat to I'll just chat to our listeners. Go. I've got a coverage report to do. PR Fuck problems. the coverage report. Fuck the coverage report. Fuck the coverage report. Dear client, some... I'm sorry I didn't meet the deadline for a coverage report. I was too busy getting Who my fucking Who fucking sends home. a coverage report on the 29th? You got loads of time. I sometimes don't send it to the 10th of the month. Sorry for people that aren't work, don't work in PR. You don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Sorry, that was like really PR. <laughs> really oh my PR. God. Anyway, listen, I think after this podcast, it will 10 minutes of your time. We know that 13 minutes is the optimum time to have sex. Get when you when you get out of the shower, just jump on top, quickly bang it out. Because my friend Chantal, who is actually pregnant now, um, she uh, she's really gluten intolerant. And before we found out that she was gluten intolerant, her and her boyfriend, now husband, um, used to have sex before they went out for dinner because she would eat every time she ate she would just like blow up and they couldn't have sex so they would make a point to like have sex before they went out because that's a really good point and again i feel like we need to stop romanticizing sex in a certain way i.e falling into bed after a night out and stuff no because women especially get bloated and feel horrific so let's normalize having sex through the day when you don't feel so bloated also for me leaving sex until bedtime is also a problem because we're exhausted we're tired um quite often just assaulted by the day i much prefer to incorporate my um like sex time into like morning and throughout the day leaving it tonight is highly highly problematic unless like night time's your thing but i know for the majority of us especially um women out there that have children um leaving things until bedtime is it's not good Mm. that's your time for reading and tiktok going to sleep (laughs) yeah well i suggest after this you give a quick blozzer i'm going to to. okay good yes i'm really going to all right we have a listener dilemma distance dilemma is the name thank you so much to our listener who sent this through it's quite a long one but it's actually it's not i feel like I was like, maybe I won't read the whole thing because, but I actually do need to because I feel like she gives quite a lot of context as to what the problem is. Got you. Right. Hey ladies, let me give you the main factors to my dilemma I'm having. For this situation, you need to keep in mind that I live in Dubai and Ireland is my home. In May, I got home for the first time in over four and a half months. I badly needed to get home and sort out my relationship with my then boyfriend. Long story short, I was heading home to end it after seven years. Distance wasn't the problem. He just stopped making effort, got lazy after all the years. We were fighting a lot over the same things. Anyways, that was a long time coming, so I'm glad I did it and I'm much happier. Anyways, bless my ex, he was so supportive throughout my mad job. I lived in three different countries throughout. I always choose what I want to do and no man will stop me from living my fun life. Go girl. So while I was home in May, I joined Tinder for the first time in years. So it was all new to me. Again, this whole way of single living. I wanted to have a gawk at who's about from college and school. Long story short, I came back to Dubai having been chatting to a few different guys. Some who wanted to keep in touch, where I wasn't moving home anytime soon. A few I lost interest in and the communication died out, which was no harm. But there was this one guy who was consistent with the contact every single day and actually went to secondary school together. But we never spoke a word to each other back then. Anyways, I'm here now in Dubai, wondering to myself, why is he bothering to get to know me and keep the effort. Bear in mind, we communicate over Snapchat. I know I didn't realize it was a thing in the dating world, but apparently it is. So fast forward from May to July, 
We've been talking, flirting, chatting about everything and anything over the past few weeks, and of course planning to meet up when I was home this month. Bear in mind we both travel for work, let's just say one of us is aircraft and the other one is ships, so there's a lot of similarities career-wise. So fast forward me coming home this month, we finally got to hang out. We spend the night at his. I was very cautious that he was only keeping in contact to get me into bed. And then I had to rethink and that's a load of effort to keep in contact with someone daily for over two months, especially when they live abroad. But also you never know because men are men. So we're hanging out at his and it was honestly so nice, so chilled and he was surprisingly very, very nice. We drank some bottles and chatted for hours then ate a bit, watched a movie, and then it came to the part where we went to bed. And let's just say the moment we've been waiting for for over two, two months did not go to plan. He drank way too much, so you kind of guess what it wasn't working for him, unfortunately. Anyways, we fell asleep and the next day we were up early and he dropped me home. I could kind of feel he was mortified, but I was hiding it very well. The morning after is always awkward regardless, so it was bound to be awkward anyway. I decided to be brave and send a message saying it was nice to see him and for him to have a good night as I knew that he was going to a party. I don't care for what didn't happen in the bedroom, to be honest. But it was very unfortunate, but things went the way they were after weeks of await. And I'd say that he was embarrassed, but personally, I don't think it was the worst thing that could have happened. We're still in touch daily, and it's just a, just still Snapchat. So my dilemma is that I'm getting very fond of him, and I don't know what to do. I'd love to chat more daily, like video call or something, but there's time zones, work, all sorts, but I'm no strangers to long distance either. I'm always waiting to hear more from him, and I find myself wanting for him to get back to me. I get so anxious about it all and I'm not sure why, maybe because I have feelings for him now. Oh my god, this is so like me. Um, I'm home next month and we plan to do something when we know our schedule's closer to the date. My question is what to do. Do I ask him what we are or what? We don't talk on the phone or video call. He told me four weeks before I came home when I asked him what something he'd like to tell me but he was too nervous to say, and he said that he likes me, and he kinda wishes I lived at home, and teased, and I teased only kinda. He was like, fine, yeah, you got me. I do wish you lived here. I've never told him I liked him or anything of the sort. He's not the first guy I've shifted since becoming single. I love this girl. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I've had two random other nights of fun, so I don't think it's the case of, oh my God, shit, I got feelings after the one night stand so torn getting attached and I'm thinking to myself do I need to cut it off for my own sake but then again I'm like it's very nice and I just need to relax. I'm also stressed to the nines for work exams so it probably has me stressed too and also I went home this month meeting him for the first time ever properly meeting a lad I've been talking to for ages especially someone from school I usually run away from school people like the plague so do I. Sorry it's a bit of an essay, but there are a few details to the story. Also, I haven't dated in Dubai and I feel I have no interest because one, I don't want to be with someone who isn't Irish because in the long run, I know I want to be home and not have to consider someone else and their home country when, it's, when it comes to settling down. I totally get that. And two, I just watched, <laughs> I just watched the shit show unfold with my friends' relationships where they get screwed over money-wise and get controlled by their man of certain nationalities. Yeah, definitely guess which types of men they are. And Dubai is not going to be my forever and I don't want to meet someone who's here because people are coming and going the whole time. And my bad habit is I like Irish men. And since having reached out to you on, on Sunday, I've noticed what feels like a decrease in effort slash interest on his side. 
as his snaps are less and we don't chat as much. But due to various reasons, with, as with work exams, weather was class at home, so of course he's out embracing it, etc. with work. I also don't want to be making excuses for him. So I've started not to rush to my replies as I used to. I could be understanding it all wrong. Of course, we speak lots, but for the first we made contact, we finally met after a few weeks. But as a friend says, the effort shouldn't stop. So my thoughts are as follows. For when I go home, I know a lot can change between now and and August 10th-ish. Do I cut it off? Do I just be honest about everything I'm thinking and but would probably send him running for the hills? Do I ask him about anything he thought about with me being in Dubai? Do I just wait and see what effort he makes when I'm back? Sorry for the Fucking essay. hell. Thank you to that lovely listener for taking the time to write that essay. I feel like for her that was all probably um quite cathartic for her to get everything get out there on paper chest. which actually really helps and Fiona thank you for uh reading um an Irish letter because I know that we kind of phrase <laughs> things in a certain way and as a there non-Irish few... person it's a bit like what what the fuck was yeah that? There, there were a few times where I was like this is definitely Irish because she'd written something and I was like I can hear Laura say it but I know that if you'd written it, it would sound weird. Yeah, shift to me. shift is a very it's a basically an Irish, uh, Southern Irish word for like go on having a snog with somebody. So okay. A few thoughts here as you were uh reading that monologue. <laughs> um I personally would not be cont- content with having a Snapchat relationship. I'm assuming this girl's a little bit younger because I've never even heard of a Snapchat relationship, but you know, different strokes for different folks. There's no judgment there. It's just, I would probably need something a little bit more substantial. Having done a long distance, having endured a long distance relationship for nearly two years, I cannot tell you the importance of making an effort with each other to make each other feel cherished and appreciated and connected and I cannot tell you the importance of really making that effort to make the other one feel safe and secure. So I'm sort of feeling like this couple and we'll use the word couple for the Mm. sake of this chat don't really seem to have a solid foundation. So no wonder she's feeling anxious when he's not like replying to her and communicating to her as he should. Um, I can totally understand where this girl is coming from. She clearly is like, you know, she's starting to like him. Otherwise, she wouldn't give a shit. She doesn't really know where she stands. Um... And it's quite confusing because it seems that when they do meet up, they have a jolly old time and they really enjoy each other's company. I feel like they need to have a really honest chat about things. And there's um, so much assumption that this girl is making about this guy. They just mm. need to put their cards on the table and say, listen, this is what it is. Mm. And if your relationship isn't extremely solid, long distance, long distance will kick the shit out of you. It kicked the shit out of my relationship for two years. My partner lived in another country and we were engaged. Um, and it did us no favours whatsoever. In saying that, I don't think our foundation was all that strong to begin with. At least a couple of months prior to him leaving, if I'm to be really honest. Long distance is a, f- it's a real, real minefield. And I know that there are a lot of su- success stories 
but for the most part, long distance people really struggle with. And I can totally understand where this girl is coming from. I just think, be honest, put your cards on the table. You don't really, she doesn't really have the privilege to like do anything but that, you know, like otherwise she's just going to drive herself to distraction. I'm in agreement with you. Honesty is the best policy. Fuck me. Life is too short. Mm. Life is too short. You've got people on like the second and third date laying their cards on the table and saying what what they want with their Mm. future and men aren't scared. Like we've always said, you can say what you want from the very beginning and the right man will not be afraid. The right man will fully, like fully accept and run with what you have to say. I completely agree. And I think my first thoughts with this is number one, get off Snapchat. I know. Get have if a conversation. You, like if you've met the guy and you've he's seen your boobs, which I'm guessing he has, because you got down to business, just give him your number. I, I as some of my friends, um, you know, will continue chatting on a dating app. I know Snapchat's not a dating app, but they'll continue chatting on a dating app even after they've met. I understand up to the moment where you've met, but if you like him and you want to see him again, give him your number. It becomes more real, I think, in like in a, in a more like serious way. Let's say if you've got each other's numbers, then you can call each other. And I understand work time zones and etc. But that is the first step to to shifting the relationship from when it first started to now you've met him. Secondly. Like Laura said, if you're feeling anxious, I always say this, it is the test. It is the litmus test. If you are sitting there wondering how much, you know, wondering when he's going to message, that is just not good for you. And actually something that Joe Westwood said on a podcast that I was, uh, she's a codependency coach. I'll link her because she's got an amazing page. She said, stop looking at your phone. You will hear your phone. You will see your phone. Your watch will tell you when they have messaged. So don't sit around waiting for the message because it only drives us crazy. Equally, if you are feeling anxious, you need to address why. And I also think that, like what Laura said, you've got to lay the cards on the table. Mm-hmm. The, the man will stay. The boy will run. If the boy runs, fucking good riddance. And there's mm-hmm. no, you've not lost anything. This is what I always think. You don't, you've not lost one thing if you say to him, listen, I'm feeling a little bit anxious because of this, this, and this. I don't know where my head's at. I'd really like to have an open communication conversation with you in a mature way. Maybe when you're not, we're not having drinks, maybe it can be at the start of the night. This is where I'm feeling. I understand that I'm away in Dubai. Equally, I really like you and I'd really like to see where this goes. Let's talk about it. And be open and honest with each other. In an open, honest, mature exactly. fashion. And like you said, if if he, he's the guy for her, he'll sit sit down and either placate her or, you know, say that it's not for him. And at least she's got like a carte blanche to move on. It also exactly. seems when she was back in Ireland, they didn't really have the best time. She was obviously expecting fireworks and he kind of mm. not, didn't happen like sexually the way she wanted. And then he kind of went weird the next couple of days. It doesn't really say a lot, the fact that there was so much expectancy and any kind of... But that is what happens, though, because the problem is, and this is something that I've done in the past many, many times, you meet a guy online, you then don't meet up with them, 
okay, this is actually something that happened when I went to with a guy. Um, a very similar situation, actually, apart from like he wasn't someone that I knew. I matched with him on Bumble when I was living in um, London. Um, and then we basically continued to talk for three years. What? Three years. We actually had, okay, discount one year. We probably still stayed in contact, but one of the years we both had relationships. So we kind of spoke less, but we still spoke quite a lot. And then it got to the point where I he lived in Australia and I was going to go visit my friend in Australia, same place where he lives. So we decided to meet up and we did. And we had built, had like, I know this is only, this is a couple of months, this girl, but we basically, and I did as well. I basically built a story in my head of how it was going to go. I got there. We did have an amazing date. We obviously had a lot to talk about and it was great. And the sex was super av. It was super average because we built it so much. We used to sex message all the time. We built something in our minds to the point where it was a complete and utter fantasy and nothing would match up to it. So the same with her, don't, it's so difficult to do because I'm the fucking queen of the fantasy. I fucking love, I live in a fantasy all the time. I've basically got a running movie theme in my head. Honestly, Paramount should pay me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to write the rom-coms that go on in my head and you know what fee for the it's a very good point and something i want to run with whenever my ex used to come back from his country that he was working in people used to say god i bet you guys are like tearing each other's clothes off at the door i bet you guys are like so hot for each other and i cannot tell you how untrue and far from fact that actually was because here's the thing in order to survive um and I don't mean to sound dramatic but you know like self-preservation when you're apart from your your partner you you need to carve out your own path in life Mm. so you become very very independent because you've got no other choice so when you come together you're actually two completely separate people but like quite dangerously so and it's very different to then jail and my ex used to say to me um oh god like you've got these like things happen in your life and you've got these new friends and um because of course I had to get those things because mm. he wasn't there and we used to go for like after work drinks you know like all the girls from work yeah, and we yeah. go to d3 he had come off the flight come straight away to meet me and we would be talking and he's like but you didn't the way the way you spoke to Ruby about that thing you didn't tell me that and I'm like I know because you're not here and sometimes we've only got such a small period of time to talk that I don't fill you in on all those small things. Mm. Yet I, I sit beside her and work and she knows those things. And anyway, he felt very alienated by, by me and I completely get that because in the end I stopped making an effort to tell him the small things. And as a result, he felt like he didn't know what was going on with my life. And... um she mentioned alcohol and yeah if if he was drinking for example um I found that our like physical relationship was not good and the only time that we maybe started to reconnect was when he was getting on the plane to go back to where he was living and I found long distance really 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 Mm. tough when I first moved to Dubai I kind of did partial long distance with somebody and I really, 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 really liked him. Um, and that just made my heart ache, ache, the fact that I wasn't with him. So 
it's a really tough one. It's a really, really tough one because mm-hmm. I know there are people who have made long distance work. I, think I personally own- re- really struggled with it. Um, I think the only way that a long distance relationship can work, in my opinion, is if there is a clear end date to it. Absolutely. So I've done a long distance relationship and I made my boyfriend at the time give me an end date. I was like, you need to come back on this date because otherwise it's just an ongoing thing. I had a long distance relationship, actually very similar because they were in the same country with my most recent ex. He moved to a country near Dubai and there was no end date. It was just like, I'm going and I'm going forever and we'll just have to work it out. And I kept saying, no, you need to tell me in two years that you're going to come back and we're going to go and, and we couldn't. And that's why we broke up because he couldn't give me that. And that is, for me, that's the only way because you can't have a relationship if you're in a different country and that's the thing with um you know my job is in dubai and i'm working remotely i really really miss dubai and i miss my friends and i miss my lifestyle and at you know my boyfriend like was quite worried at one stage and he was like are you going to go back to dubai because no i was gone through a little bit of a like a bad patch at home and I was really struggling with being at home and obviously looking at what's going on in Dubai and just thinking yeah, that's where hard. I want to be after living there for 12 years but the reality is I would never even attempt long distance again therefore yeah. moving back to Dubai isn't even a consideration I do not want to live do long distance I want to feel inherently connected to my partner I want my partner to be a part of my life I want to be a part of their life and for me that includes the small things not the big things because when my boyfriend came back from um his working country we used to go to La Petite Maison we used to go to Zuma we used to have all the big moments I used to get dressed up in my Louboutins and my Manolo Blahniks and we used to paint the town red but you know what we didn't have the small things the waking up together the coming home from work after a shitty night and giving each other a hug lying on the sofa you know eating Pringles and watching tv it's those small moments that are so sweet and really bind a relationship the big moments are actually inconsequential Mm. and in the end I felt that that was all that we really had Mm. um quite a superficial level and I would really pride myself on not being a superficial person so the two really didn't tally up um that's such a lovely thing to say and I think that it actually makes me feel a little emotional because why am I crying? I'm oh my so god, not you this fucking week. Are you okay? <laughs> Why do I feel like I'm about to cry? That's okay. I just feel like I oh my god, I'm so sorry. No, <laughs> don't be sorry. I'm so about to get my period. I just feel like for me, oh my god, I just feel like Laura, that really that really got to me. Oh my god, I didn't mean to make you cry. I'm so no, sorry. I just I feel like I've gone through so many like what the fuck? Um I was not expecting to cry. It's like it's now my turn to cry. Do you cry. know what? At least I'm not the only one that's wept <laughs> on the podcast. I I just feel like I so many people take so much sore in like going on going on all these lavish dates and things like that. But actually for for me and I think for a lot of people what I love most about a relationship is the serenity part of it. Yeah. It's the mm-hmm. making dinner together and sitting in your pajamas. It's the it's the writing a shopping list and going to Sainsbury's. It's not it's not these big things. And that's why I really, really hate I what I don't like is when people get at me for 
doing a date in my house, cooking bolognese for someone, because Mm -hmm. that is how I show affection to someone by doing things for other people. And yes, of course, you do need to go out. We've completely gone off on a tangent. We'll get back to the reader's letter. But it is the small, it is the small things. And actually, it was something that I heard on a podcast, Dolly Alderton's podcast, Emma Freud, who is married to David Curtis, who basically wrote the Notting Hill uh, for weddings and a funeral. They basically wrote those films together. And they wrote this film about time. And at the end of the film, um, it's about time is about this guy that can time travel and Rachel McAdams is in it. It's honestly one of the best films ever. Um, and they do this like montage at the end where basically it shows shows that like you could have all the time in the world and you could you know have all the money in the world if you could but actually the moments that matter are the ones where you wake up in the morning and you're getting the kids ready for school and you watch your partner in bed having a cup of tea and Mm -hmm. no one ever is going to say I'm going to fly myself to the Maldives if I had like one day left on earth you'd have it with the person that you love absolutely yeah and that's why I feel like those those moments matter so much more. Those moments than... are so so meaningful. <laughs> oh my god, Fiona, are you okay, my love? Yeah, just why am I crying? It's okay. And do, do you know um when I used to when I used to think about those things before and when I was in a really bad place with my, and you know that because I cried every day and work with you guys. And I just sort of felt, and I said to you very openly, like, I feel so lonely. Like I feel lonely. Yeah. And I never thought I would ever say those words. Cause to me, it represented some sad old lady sitting at home with no friends and family, but actually the loneliness is missing those small things, like those yeah. arms around you, those warm feelings of love and appreciation and sweetness that are so small but they are so meaningful and so impactful and many of us get stuck in a rut where we look for the big things and you know what quite often the big things are flash in the pan it's those small things that literally warm your soul and deplete those feelings of loneliness that so many of us feel but let me tell you something the loneliest place to be is not on your own. The loneliest place is when you're with somebody in a relationship and you still feel alone. I felt like that and I know many of us do feel like that. And Fiona, I cannot wait for you to have those things with somebody that a guy that just loves those things that you love to do, cooking at home, getting changed into your pyjamas, laying on the sofa, like talking about books and podcasts and bitching about work. You know, those are the things that matter. And I I know- yeah, I think the reason why I got upset also is because when I met you, you had this massive fucking ring on your finger. You wore your Louboutins every day to work. You'd go to like 10 day holidays in the Maldives and you'd have all these like Instagram moment things where people looking in on the outside would think, isn't Laura so fucking lucky? She's got this really rich boyfriend that basically takes her to all these amazing fine dining restaurants, money is no issue, and you're living in a beautiful flat in downtown. And for to go, and I saw you obviously, like we spent many a time in the stockroom having a cry about it because you were so unhappy. Mm-hmm. And then for you to then be completely, have done like a 180 and you're living in Ireland in your sweatshirt and you're telling me that those things actually 
don't fucking matter. matter. And that I think that's what basically got me so upset was because I've seen you be so unhappy yet have everything quite unquote you're, everything you're one million now, percent right Fiona you're and- so happy and yeah you still have like it's not like you don't have clothes on your back I'm trying I'm making out like Laura lives in like no I, Fiona you're you're a hundred percent right and I look back on that and hindsight is a wonderful thing I Ruby is a really good friend of Fiona and ours and um, you better be listening to this podcast Ruby and she said to me um, when I first met you in the agency I thought you were the most together person I'd ever met like the clothes the ring the rich partner the this the flying away to Maldives like all the time and she was like then I just saw like such an inherent like sadness in you because of Mm -hmm. our relationship was just fucked in the end um and looking back none of those things matter I remember waking up with panic attacks I remember waking up trying to crawl out windows and I'm not joking you my mom came over to stay and for a month and she actually said to me at the end of her trip I'm really worried about you Laura because I used to wake up screaming and crying because my soul was telling me that I was going so far against the strain of my own life of what should be fast forward I am living barely have a fucking pot to piss in and again it's not like I'm homeless or anything but I'm living a completely different life I do not have the things that I used to have I do not have the luxuries I do not travel the same way but you know what I have never felt happier because I have a man that provides me with more riches and more love than I have ever had before and let me tell you and I cannot emphasize this enough money doesn't make you happy. Yes, it helps. It doesn't make you happy. None of it matters. Love is the fucking winner each and every time. Love gonna, is the winner. You're going to make me cry again. Love is the winner. Love is the winner. So <laughs> is dinner. So you can tell I'm so about to get my period. I know, Fiona. It's, it's absolutely fine. I love the fact that we've both like wept on the podcast I, I mean like you're still going I love I'm still it. going I just feel like I go on all these fucking dates and I'm just like <laughs> like where the fuck is he I also really enjoy being single so it's such a like I'm so caught in this crossfire where I'm like I love being single don't get me wrong but also at the same time I'm like oh I just want to like yeah I don't want to have to think about every single time I go on the date oh is he gonna does he want to see me again it's it exhausting it's Fiona exhausting. mentally exhausting and I, I could I, also... I feel that and I'm just asking you questions yeah and I've I just want to fast forward also I, I just want to fast forward the kind of four date itch where like you gotta go on these fucking dates and you're wondering whether they're gonna message you and you're just like I, I just want to like fast forward to the point where like everyone's settled and everyone's happy and everyone's just like going about their daily lives your lives are just merged and then that's mm-hmm. it I just mm-hmm. I'm it's so tiring every single time and I, I know and I heard this thing God, I need to stop crying. But like, I heard this thing. I went to go see Dolly Alderton live at the Palladium and it was amazing. And she said that when you get to your, when you hit 30 and you're kind of 31 above, when you meet a guy, there is a part of you that's like, is he going to be the one? Because you're getting to that point where time, unfortunately, in our heads, time is a ticking. 
And when it doesn't go right, you're just like, oh. You feel so dejected. That was a waste of four fucking months of my life. Like four periods I've had with eggs shooting out me. A time of such kind of time sensitivity as well. Fiona, I get it. And you know what the thing is? It's exhausting. And I promise you, but this is what I I said to these two girls who were over um who were over visiting me. One of the girls has just become single. She's your age. Kind of pretty much just turned 30. And she's having this real um, you know, she's worried about meeting somebody like you. She misses all those things. I'm 36. I'm coming 37 March next year. At your age, I was in a relationship. I got dumped. I spent four months single becoming the happiest I'd ever been. I got back together with my ex, which in hindsight was a mistake. But we actually then enjoyed three probably of the best years of our relationship. I broke up with him. I spent four months very happily single. I've met my boyfriend and here I am happy as, 14 months later. Happy as Larry. That should put into perspective to you how much can happen. Yeah. So instead of becoming, and I get the 30 thing, I absolutely I get it. But so much good things can happen in a heartbeat, in a flash, in the flash of a pan. And again, what I said to this, my friend who was over, um, <clears throat> Tell me one good thing that come that can come from fretting. Tell me one good thing that can come from worrying or ruminating over the fact that you're single. If you can tell me one positive thing that happens, then by all means, continue to drown in it. But yeah. nothing does. It creates anxiety and angst. It creates desperation. It creates intensity. And all that does is fucking robs you of your inherently wonderful, vibrant soul. That is the thing that fucking shines. That, that ugh, rumination over turning 30 just fucking steals yeah. from the, the wonderful fucking brightness and love that you are. Yeah. God, you are fucking phenomenal, Fiona. Things are going to unfold the way they're going to unfold, and you do not need to fucking worry. What you need to ensure assure yourself of, and everybody that is listening to this podcast, whether you're single, whether you are looking for love in an unhappy relationship and a happy relationship, you are your own fucking best friend. You can also be your own worst enemy. Let's just put that out there. You are your own best friend. You are inherently whole and wonderful and fucking perfect in your own skin. The best relationship you can have is the one with yourself. Start there. I get the people want the partner. I get that people are looking for love 1 million percent, but start off loving yourself wholly and completely and fully. And the rest, my darling, will follow. It fucking will follow. It will flow. And nothing is permanent. Absolutely nothing is permanent. Well, I absolutely did not realise that that was going to happen. We also have gone a bit off topic. So I just want to like bring it back to the letter um, and just summarise basically what Laura and I are saying. Number one, which is what our advice to you is, listener, get off Snapchat number one because it makes it less personal that's your number one thing don't worry about seeming keen she's put in here she doesn't want to come across too keen put that in the bin 
because to a guy that really likes you, it doesn't sound keen. What it sounds like is, oh, it's so exciting because this girl Music really likes his me. Ears. Music to his ears. So that's number 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 two. Number three, lay your cards out on the table and have an open and honest communicative conversation with him. You seem, the listener, you seem to be okay with the fact that you're in Dubai and he's in Ireland, but you must have the conversation to make sure that he's okay with that. Exactly. Also, I would say this, what she seems to be doing is cutting herself off from people in Dubai because, you know, she doesn't want to mm-hmm. complicate things. And I completely get that. But also enjoy, enjoy life. Like you seem to have just got out of a seven year relationship. And I completely get that sometimes seven year relationship, like I've been in a seven year relationship, probably like five of the years, pretty much dead anyway. But still like enjoy learning about yourself if you're feeling anxious about text messages that a guy is you know not sending you or sending you you probably need to like I am doing work on yourself as well and also when you've been in a seven-year relationship you're very used to men being in a certain way because you've had a relationship where they've messaged you you know they're gonna message it's a comfort thing and welcome to single life it doesn't it's not like that and you have to learn to adapt to being single and this sort of thing happens all the time and you just have to kind of reassure yourself and be like it's okay and also Thank just you. being honest with the with the other person is the best way to be be your true self if you want to message him just fucking message him yeah if and he you doesn't know what reply, we're gonna wrap this up because we've run on as usual Obviously. but i just want to touch a point one upon one point before um we shoot on here i was celibate in dubai for two years because like this girl i watched my friends get fucked up left right and center on the flip side there are some really fucking great guys in Dubai additionally there are some brilliant opportunities to go out and have fun mm. to meet a myriad of different people interesting people cool people as long as you've developed that resilience and that love for yourself you can actually go out and meet people you don't have to marry the fucking man but you can go out and have fun, have fun and live time. your life you're a young girl you've moved from Ireland you've ended a relationship go out and have a fucking laugh you don't have to go out and but get in a relationship and you know go through all that kind of drama you can go out and have fun don't cut don't, don't cut yourself off you, you you've got a life to live and oh my god let's wrap this up an hour we have fucking rambled on but i've thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this me too and i felt like i really needed that cry you know when you're yeah I, I i i'm not the thing is i don't want to sit here and say that i'm upset with my life because i'm absolutely not i actually really fucking love being single i am in that stage of my cycle where my period is like on it like literally about to uh, like it's about to come and when laura said those things it just touched my heart and i just i also cry very easily when i feel something for someone else like if i hear something that i'm a very empathetic person like Mm -hmm. when i saw those girls crying on love island i got upset okay and then I started thinking about oh, my sad single life. Um, well, you so know what? Fun. That's what we love about you, Fiona. You are inherently a lovely, empathetic and glorious human being. If I was a man, I would come over there. I would cook the bolognese with you. I'd bend you over the fucking countertop, ride you like a mad thing, put you to bed, stick on Netflix, finger you before going to bed, wake up in the morning, bring you a couple of oatmeal lattes and a little um, croissant. And then you know what? We'd just have a day on the sofa. Potentially I'd take you to the park. I wouldn't ask you to 69 or do anal. And you know what? 
you'd be a wonderful partner to me. <laughs> Let's get that on a poster and I'm going to show people, show prospective dates. <laughs> this is what this I is want. This is what you should do. <laughs> this is what you should do. If you do this, you'll be golden. Right. Right. I love you. Thank you. you love you. I've loved, loved, loved this chat. And thanks to you, Fiona, and um, your little weeping <laughs> sesh. I'm not going to have time to go and get my hole, but you know what? I needed this just as much as you did. I'm sorry. I love you tremendously. Love you. You are wonderful. And if you any of these topics resonated with you, as always, you know where we are. Make life easier. Drop us a wee DM on Instagram. And our Instagram is lovebitespodcast underscore. Woo. See you later. See you later.